Hey Lifehouse, welcome to another online service. Uh, you've joined us for our relationship series, Strong Relationships. So get ready to take some notes and we're going to head straight into the message. And give God a shout of praise. He is so good. He's here. And you know, I really felt that God did want to heal some people as well. And I just want to take just a quick moment. If you need healing for anything, any kind of sickness, Let's just close our eyes and reach out our hands and just ask God, ask God that He will heal us right now. Lord, You know every person in this place. You know their journeys. You know their struggles. And You know the pains that might be in their bodies right now. And Lord, I just ask that You'll stretch out Your hand and that You will perform signs and wonders and miracles in this place. You are a mighty God. You are a powerful God. And You are a loving God. And I ask You right now, Lord, will You do that? In Jesus' name, will You heal? In Jesus' name, will You set free? In Jesus' name, will you save this morning, Lord? We thank you, God, for what you're already doing and how you're already moving in this place, Lord. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said a big amen. Amen. You may take your seats. God is so good. Hey, if you, um, if you experience a healing, come tell one of us. We want to we wanna know so we can praise the Lord with you. It's so exciting. Well, this morning, we are in the middle of our Strong Relationship series. It's um, only a three-week three one this month. Uh, Pastor Josh brought the first word. Not last week, we had a break with Pastor Danny, which was amazing. Um, but the week before, Pastor Josh came, and he's here every week. Um, <laughs> but he preached on um, the power of our words, which was a great message um, this morning, I really felt to speak very simply on uh, having a strong relationship with Jesus. I know it's classic, we're in church talking about Jesus, but we are. Um, I just couldn't get past it really. Uh, we'll, we'll slide in a little bit of relationship stuff as well, but um, really we're just talking about Jesus because his main mission when he was on earth and his main mission still today is relationship and it's something that um, I guess sometimes I struggle with in a sense in my own life because I can be so focused on doing a job or getting a task done or looking at my goals or whatever that I can kind of forget about relationship um, I'm one of those people you know like I can be a bit too task driven and I'm working on it but I remember this time when I was still living with Josh and Belle and um, I'd just gotten into running and I was running around and having a good time and I had a friend over um, to go for a run and to have some breakfast as well within the morning. I would never gone for a run before but um, I was a little bit worried because she was like super sporty, uh, like a netballer, really fit and so I was thinking, oh, I hope I'm going to be able to like keep up with her as we're running. And so we start off on our run and um, I soon realised that she was actually puffing more than I was. And uh, I started to, I know it's pride, it's really bad. I'm not, I'm not proud of all this stuff I'm sharing, but um, I, I, was, I was feeling kind of good about myself because she was, seemed like, you know, she, she was finding it a little bit difficult. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm actually feeling pretty okay right now. I feel like I could keep going. And it was a cool moment for me because my whole life I've been known as the unfit, unsporty, can't throw a ball, can't kick a ball, can't do nothing. Uh, oh, slightly overweight kid. That was me, right? And so this moment was kind of exciting, but um, really bad, as I'm about to explain. But um, as we as we kept running, she was kind of feeling it more and more. Um, started to slow down, and um, I'm still like, you know, chatting away. 
And um, yeah, she starts to like get a stitch. And so the stitch got so bad that she's kind of like basically bent over double on the side of the road. And I'm like, okay, well, I better, better hold up here um, and check if she's okay. And she's like, oh, you know, it's just a really bad stitch. And then she says to me, and I'm, again, I'm not proud of this and I'm surprised she was still my friend after this. Uh, although we never went running again. <laughs> no, like, no, I think about it. But anyway, she's, she's been over double and um, she says to me, I'm okay. You know, you, you keep going. And um, as a really good friend and human being, I kept going. <laughs> oh, so awful. I can't believe I did that. I just think back and I'm like, what? Did I not have an ounce of kindness in me? Like, she's literally in pain. And I was so focused on just finishing my run that I left her in pain on the side of the road. Like, had I not watched those classic movies where it's like someone in the team gets hurt and they're like, I'm okay. Like, they're shot and they're bleeding out. They're like, I'm okay, go on without me. And the team's like, no, we'll carry you. I would rather die than leave you. And, you know, they're all dramatic. But I just, I, I left her. Um, <laughs> and she eventually got back and whatever. And so I may have finished my run um, and I may have won, but really I failed the friendship. Like, leaving my friend on the side of the road, that was... I don't think I should look back and think, oh, tick, win. Like, it wasn't a race. The whole point of that morning wasn't to run. It actually wasn't. It was to build a relationship with my friend. And I totally missed it. And I think sometimes if we're applying this with our relationship with Jesus, sometimes we can be a little bit like this. You know, life is busy. There's so much going on in our worlds and we can be focused on our own goals and the things we want to achieve or the issues going on in our lives or um, you know things that are going on around us that we can just run right past Jesus we can forget to pause and just be still in his presence sometimes the things that we're focused on might be serving God and doing things for him but really he just desires us to be still and to abide in his presence you know, I can even feel that way sometimes coming here on a Sunday morning. There's things going on in our weeks and going on in my mind and things I'm thinking about, oh, you know, we've got to make sure everything's going well in the service that I can kind of forget, hang on, it's not about that. Like, it's not about the lights and the sounds and the programs all running well. It's about the presence of God and just getting to know our Heavenly Father more. And something else I've been struggling with a bit, lately it's like what how can I say everything I need to say when when Josh asked me to preach how like in 30 minutes I'm, am I meant to say everything that we need to know I feel like if I present one idea then I need to like talk about all these other little ideas that surround it and paint this big picture and pull in every verse that I can find just so it can be like you know this is it, every side of the dice not miss anything, you know, really get the job done, finish the race. But you know, it's hard. It's hard. Because we can get lost in words. Or even in coming to church, we can get lost in just ticking the box of, yep, I've got a, another job done, without ever having connected with our Heavenly Father. So I've been coming to terms with lately that I can't say everything in 30 minutes. Uh, no one can, actually. Not even Mark, not even Pastor Josh, and you know, <laughs> not even Pastor Jesus. 
right? Pastor Jesus, he, well, he kind of could if he wanted to because all we need to know is him and him crucified. But Jesus, the fact that he came to earth as a baby showed that he wasn't all about just a one-word wonder. If I can just tell them one thing and they get that in their noggins, then we're going to be good. It's proven because he came to the world as a little baby. Even if his mission was only to die on the cross, to be buried and to rise again, which I'm grateful he did, but even if that was the only thing he was going to do that he thought was important, he would have just rocked up when he was 33 years old and gone to the cross. He spent 33 years making relationship with his people, the people around him and loving the people in his life and only three days dead and crucified. 33 years to three days. Like we, we only can know him because of those three days, right? Because he made a way and he, he, he took everything from our lives, our sin and our mess upon himself when he died on the cross and left it in the grave as was symbolized today with baptisms. But the whole point of even that was relationship so that he could know us and so that we could know him. Here's one of the scariest but also one of the best Bible verses in my opinion. It comes from Matthew 7 verse 21. It says, not everyone, this is Jesus speaking, who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father will, in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Cast out demons in your name? Perform many miracles in your name? But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from you, me, you who break God's laws. These guys are like, but haven't we kept your laws? Like, haven't we done your will in your name? We prophesied and we did these amazing miracles. But Jesus said, I never knew you. Jesus wants to know you. Right? Anyone believe that? It's the truth. And sometimes, even if it's hard to believe, it's the truth that he wants to dwell with you. He wants to know you, specifically you, the thoughts that go on in your mind, the highs and lows and the struggles and the wins. He wants to know you and have a relationship with you and hear you talking to him, chirping to him throughout the day about things that are going on. He desires that, that relationship with you. You know, no one can graduate from knowing God. No one can say, all right, I know everything there is to know about God. There is no more knowing left to do. We cannot do that. Why? Because God's not dead. He is alive. God's not an object just to inspect or a book to read and finish. He is a person and he is alive. In the same way that you can be married to someone for 75 years and still find new things about them and discover new things about them, a relationship with God, having a lifelong relationship with God will never get boring. You know, Brock and I have been married for 75 years now. That's why I know this. No, do you know what? It's not even 75 months. We haven't even really known each other for 75 months, but it has been 12 months, um, so that's pretty cool. Or maybe it's 13 months now. Anyway, it's still a long way to go. But um, there's still things that Brock does every day that surprises me. There's still brand new things about him to discover. Like the other day, he made the bed. I was like, 
Oh my God, I was in shock. Who knows, maybe one day he's gonna hang the washing out or something and really surprise me. Have to wait and see, maybe I'll have to be 75 before that happens. There is always more to discover about God. He never gets boring. So in case you're wondering, that's why we have church every single Sunday. For you to be here every single Sunday. So we can all learn to abide with God, to learn and grow in our relationship with Him, to discover new aspects of His grace that we never knew existed, to have a bit of pruning done. You know, you can't just come one Sunday and be like, done and dusted, all good, I've got everything, I know everything, we're, we're done. Or you can't come and um, after a message criticise and be like, oh, you know, they really missed this point out or they didn't say that. Because it's actually the whole point. I know that sounds weird, but it's actually the whole point. Because this is a never-ending conversation. You're meant to keep coming back. You're meant to keep coming back to Jesus. Jesus calls us to be his disciples. And you know what the word disciple means? It just so simply means learner. To be a learner of Jesus Christ. To come and sit at his feet and say, what do you want me to do? What do you want to say to me? to tell him about things and let him tell us about things, a learner of Jesus Christ. So sometimes you might think, oh, you know, you might hear a message and think, oh, they, they missed this or they didn't say that or they said this wrong. And look, you're probably right. Um, definitely, you know, maybe not with Josh, but sometimes I probably say things wrong. Um, and you're definitely right that we miss things. We don't want to rob you of filling in the blanks in your own time spent with God searching his word. Check this out, Acts 17. And this is cool because Josh was going to speak about Acts 17 in his message, but he didn't have enough time. And that's okay because it's a never-ending conversation and we're picking right back up here. So we're going to read at verse 10. Um, it says, That very night, the believers sent Paul and Silas to Beria. When they arrived, they went to the Jewish synagogue. And the people of Beria were more open-minded than those in Thessalonica. And they listened eagerly to Paul's message. This is the cool bit. They searched the scriptures day after day to see if Paul and Silas were teaching the truth. As a result, many Jews believed, as did many of the prominent Greek women and men. These people were so interested in what was going on, what Paul was saying about this Jesus guy who came and he died, but he didn't stay dead. He rose up again and now he's in heaven and he, he loves you and he forgives you and all that stuff. They're like, really? Is that the truth? And the Bible says that day after day they search the scriptures. Other translations say daily they search the word of God to find out if it was true. And many people found the truth and they found Jesus Christ. So if you ever hear something from this platform that you're not so sure on or something that tweaks some interest or something that bores you to sleep, come on, some, no. go and each day... Search the word of God and learn from the word yourself. Because the Bible is never wrong and the Bible is never boring. If you're falling asleep, it's, it's our fault. Like, it's not the Bible's fault. It's not boring. Don't just do a quick Google search. Daily search the scriptures. You know, what you receive as you come to church or as you join in a small group, which are 
obviously beautiful and amazing things, but that should not be the only Bible that you get. That should be a culmination and we're all coming together and we're like, I was reading this in the week and I was reading that and oh my gosh, it matched up with that song that we sang. At Lifehouse, we encourage you to dig into the Word of God yourself to really get to know God more each and every single day. Oh, I have a, um, a little analogy for you over here. You might have noticed that there's a lemon tree and an empty watering can. I'll just quickly fill that up. <laughs> I knew we had baptisms for a reason. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't say that. It's much more than filling up a can. Um, so this beautiful little lemon tree here, um, at least part of a lemon tree, I'll tell you the secret to this tree later, but... You know, someone would have had to be watering this and let's see if I can water it. Here we go. You probably can't even see that. I can, so I guess that's okay. Um, watering it and tending to it every day, you know, watching it grow and develop and start to bear fruit, maybe pouring some pee on it from time to time. Apparently, that's why lemons are yellow. <laughs> that's what they say. But, you know, if I was to ask... That person, I have to bring everyone back in. <laughs> if I was to ask the person who was peeing on the tree from time to time and watering it and looking after it and seeing it grow and develop, if I was to ask them, hey, what drop of water caused this tree to, to burst forth from a little seed? Tell me, which one was it? Tell me which seed, which, which um, drop of water caused this leaf right here to pop up? And what about which, which drop of water caused that lemon? You know, I don't think they would be able to tell me, really. I don't think they would say, oh, you know, I just watered it once. And um, then, it's, you know, it's, she's, she's been pretty good ever since. I don't reckon they would say, oh, you know, it was actually this one Thursday night and it was a, a foggy evening and I went out and I just thought I'd give it a little, a little water. And, um, and that's where the lemon came from. You know, it's, it's not about a singular drop of water. It's actually all the drops of water, right? It wasn't just after one little bit of water that then the, the lemon came forward. It was all the drops beforehand. You see, the, the way that a plant grows, I'm pretty sure anyway, someone correct me if I'm wrong. Because as I said, sometimes we can be wrong. But the way that a plant grows isn't just having a one-off bit of water or having just this one drop in its little tree life. It's the consistency of water that makes a plant grow. It's the consistency of water that makes a plant start to bear fruit. And you know, we're a little bit like a plant in some ways. And we need daily water, even if we can't see change straight away. Even if you watered the plant one day and the next day it wasn't bearing fruit, it doesn't mean that that water wasn't necessary or important. The absence of that water would have been noticed in the long term, even if the, the water then and there wasn't noticed. For us, Bible reading, every minute spent in prayer, every God conversation, every gathering, every ounce of worship, every sermon, it's all water in our relationship with God. We can't just rock up to church on a Sunday once every six weeks or once every six months and expect to see this big, beautiful, fruitful relationship with God because it's a relationship. It's not just, he's not just a task to complete. Tick, done it. It's, it's a relationship. It's the consistency of drawing in close to our Heavenly Father, abiding on the vine. We can't just pray once a month when we're in trouble and expect a flourishing 
life-giving tree, fruit tree, relationship with God. Jesus desires to know us. And to know us means that he needs to spend time with us and that we need to spend time with him. Letting him know us. It's the daily water, the daily conversations, the daily time in the word of God. Jesus says in Matthew 4, 4, Man do not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. We need the word from God. We need it more than our daily food. We need to depend on the words of our heavenly father. Are you getting daily water? Daily word? You know, plants, they will give you some signs if they're dehydrated. Like they'll start to wilt. Peace lilies are a good one for that if you've got that. They're really dramatic. They're like, I need water. And then you water them and they're like, bing. It's so cute. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) there might be dead leaves on them. Uh, They won't bear fruit or flower. And they're really slow to grow. Just like when a plant is dehydrated, there are actually signs when we're spiritually dehydrated. When we're lacking in that time with God, there are signs that will start to appear in our lives. And maybe you've noticed this in your own life. This isn't a complete list, but just some signs of dehydration. Uh, One, being really over people. You know, just a really, really um, short temper, thin patience, you know, just kind of being like, "Um, I'm done. Being stressed out, overworked, constantly tired, low, low energy, uh, feeling shame and guilt and maybe dodging certain people or certain conversations because of something that you're carrying. Being restless could be one. Like you just want something to move or shift, change in your life, just have a relationship or just get a new house or a new job or just move somewhere. Being anxious being worried about your kids and your family and the rising cost of living or whatever you're you're feeling anxious about. Basically, a loss of peace, a loss of joy, a loss of love. And if you're feeling like any of these things right now, you are among friends. We aren't all perfect at this. And this is what Jesus says to us in Matthew 11, verse 28. He says, come to me, All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. There's that word about being a disciple, is a learner of Jesus Christ. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus says, come to me. The answer is relationship. It's not go away and work harder and get everything sorted in your life. The answer is come to me. Come closer. Be my disciple and you will find rest for your souls. That is it. That is the answer that we've all been looking for. It's in Jesus Christ. He has what you need and he is what you need. We need that daily water. Time spent in the presence of God. Turn to someone and ask them, are you feeling dehydrated? Now give them the good news and tell them, Jesus says, come to me. We need that good news. Jesus says, come to me. Turn, turn to somebody. 
Dallin, you're all preaching this morning. Uh, weird segue, but um, have you ever had a, a love letter written for you? Anyone ever gotten a love letter? No? Anyone had a weird love letter? I have, and um, I brought it with me this morning. <laughs> This is uh, from all the way back in 2016 when I was at a conference. Um, don't worry, I'm not harbouring some secret feelings for someone back in 2016. You might be like, why has she kept that? Uh, I've kept it because it is too hilarious to throw out. Um, I didn't even meet this guy because he just got his friend to drop it off to me. But do, do you want to hear it, anyone? Okay, just, just checking. Okay, this is so weird. Just prepare yourselves. It's really, really... Just whatever you think's weird, just, like, take it up a notch. Like, it's way weirder than that. Okay, Tash, you're such a catch. You give me butterflies in my mash. And by mash, I mean heart. Because I never want to part from you. It's true. Ooh, he wrote... <laughs> Uh, next page. My Corazon longs for you. Which, anyone know what that means? Heart in Spanish. Like butter chicken needs rice. I'm actually not going to read the rest. The rest is too weird. So come find me after if you need. But I'll jump to the end. Um, marry me, Tash. I have butterflies in my mash. And by mash, I mean Corazon. Because, darling, you're my special one. So wonderful. So weird. There is nothing, there was nothing about this that made me want to accept that guy's marriage proposal. Right? There was nothing about this that made me even want to have a conversation with him. Like, if, if watering a plant daily equates to a healthy growing relationship, that was like dumping liters upon liters on a little seed and watching it flow right down the drain. That is not how your relationship, right? Who's with me? It's not how you do it. Anyone who's single and taking tips, don't take tips from this guy. You know, it wouldn't have been much of a relationship if Brock just came out, up to me out of the blue, we'd never spoken before, and just said, hey, do you want a date? I would have been like, no, <laughs> please leave. <laughs> Even if we'd just had one conversation and he asked me, I, I would have said no. If, he, if he'd had five conversations and asked me, I, I would have said no too. The reason I said yes to dating him and the reason I said yes to marrying him was because he gave me the time to get to know him and for, for the, he, he had time? Yeah, he had time to get to know me. It's the slow game, right? That's a word for some single people out there. Trying not to eyeball people too much. <laughs> and for some married people too. If your relationship isn't growing, or if it isn't starting, maybe have a look at the water. How much investment and time is being spent with the other person? But you know, it also works the other way around. If you're investing in spending too much time with someone, your feelings can start to appear. And that can be a good thing, right? Or it can be a bad thing, depending on the situation, the person. You know, Brock and I thought we had um, plucked all the weeds out of our front yard. And then, you know what, when the rain came, it exposed all the little seeds that we didn't even know were there. And now we have a whole garden bed full of weeds. It's just wonderful. <laughs> if every minute of your day was a drop of water, 
What relationship in your life is getting the most water? Watch where you water. Because you might be growing a garden bed full of weeds or something fruitful and beautiful and beneficial. But of course, like I said, we are talking about our relationship with Jesus this morning. So the first place for us to water is our relationship with Jesus. There is an order to things. And if we want to have a strong, rela- strong relationships in our life, we need to make sure we have a strong relationship with Jesus Christ, our Heavenly Father. Your relationship with God is the most important relationship you have or need to have. So I've got one last really full-on verse for you this morning. Um, it's from Luke 14, verse 25 to 26. It says, large crowds were traveling with Jesus and turning to them, he said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Jeepers, that's a, that's a wonderful relationship series verse, isn't it? It's just like, just, just hate everyone. Hate your mum, hate your dad, hate your sister, hate your dog. Top it all off, hate yourself. So what is going on here? Why did Jesus choose such a strong word? You really do not, if you're new here, this is not normal, okay? This is not the normal language that Jesus usually uses. It's normally about loving people over and over again. It's about loving people. It's like, why is he saying this? And this is the type of verse that I was talking about before. It's the type of verse that you need to go home and, and look into yourself because it's just like, uh, what's going on here? In comparison to our love for Jesus, this is what I think he's saying. In comparison to our love for him, our love for everyone else needs to look like hatred. Before you get excited and you think that you can start hating people, really, what it's saying is that you're not meant to be hating people more. (laughs) You're meant to be loving Jesus more. Putting Jesus as the number one in our life. And the CEV translation says it um, quite a lot better, but still Jesus. This is the way he said it, so we don't want to pretend he didn't. But I like the way the CEV puts it. It says, you cannot be my disciple unless you love me more than you love your father and mother, your wife and children and your brothers and sisters. You cannot follow me unless you love me more than you love your own life. Jesus is saying as bluntly and audaciously and plainly as possible to be my disciple. My requirement is that you love me more than anybody else and anything else. If it came between me and someone else, or if it came between me and your own very life, Jesus says, my disciples will choose me. You know, this shouts to us and shouts to the world that being a follower of Jesus Christ isn't about doing all the good Christian things. It's about loving Jesus and accepting His love for us. It is all about relationship with Him. That is how we have a strong relationship with Jesus Christ. Letting Him love us and loving Him back. You know, the next verse says in Luke 14, 27, whoever does not carry their cross and 
follow me cannot be my disciple. Jesus says, if, if you are following me, you're following me to the cross. People thought that Jesus was coming to overthrow the government. That's why it says that the crowds were following him. They're like, yippee, you know, you're going to go kick those Roman guys out and you're going to start a new reign. But Jesus wasn't going to Jerusalem to overthrow the government. He went to Jerusalem to die on a cross for you and for me and for them. Die so that we can live and die so that he can live in us. You see, every single one of us have fallen short. In one way or another, we are all bent down double on the side of the road, unable to make it through in our own strength. And I am so grateful that Jesus is so much kinder than I am. He is so much patient and so much better than I am because He doesn't leave us on the side of the road. He doesn't leave us where we are at. He comes and more than just spending time with us, He takes our place so that we can take His place. He died so that we can live. And he asks you, will you come near to me? Will you come near to me? Will you learn from me? Will you love me more than anything? Because I love you more than anything. Will you love me more than your own life? Jesus says, because I love you more than my own life. Jesus gave us his life for our sins. So really the least we can do is give him our lives for his glory. Will you stand with me this morning? And the band's going to... Oh, here they are. Boom. If you're feeling dehydrated and down, if anything that we've been talking about has been resonating with you, Jesus so simply says, come to me. Come to me if you're feeling weary. Come to me if you're feeling burdened. Come to me if you're wilted and down and carrying too big of a load. Come to me if you're stressed. Come to me if you're anxious. Come to me, Jesus says. So if everyone with their eyes closed, if you're feeling this way, if you're feeling that dehydration and you know you need to pull in close to Jesus, just stretch out your hand in front of you and we're going to pray together as one big Lifehouse family. If you're saying, yep, Jesus, I'm coming to you this morning. I'm coming to you tomorrow and in my own time with you. I, I want to I come before you. I need you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you that you come before us through your death and resurrection on the cross, that you are here and present in this building. And you say, come to me. Come to me. I'm not going to judge. I'm not going to kick you down. I'm going to pick you up, Lord. I thank you, Jesus, for this truth in your word. And I pray right now that you will give your peace to every person who's stretching out their hands right now, saying, yes, I need to come to you, God. I thank you that you fully satisfy them, that they don't need to go anywhere else, that they don't need to have anything else. All they need to have is you. And I pray that satisfaction that only comes from knowing you will fill these people up, will fill us up right now, God, all the way through, Lord. We thank you that you are with us. And I pray, God, that everyone in this place stretching their hands out and, and those who aren't, God, that we will see fruitful times with you in our own personal life. I pray that you create a hunger within us just to know you more and to get into your word and to get everything, uh, know you in so many more ways, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' name.
if you've never picked up your cross and decided to follow Jesus, and this morning you want to respond to His love and give your life over to Him, again, with every eye closed, if that's you, I just want to ask you to pop your hand up in the air. We're not going to pull you up to the front or anything. It's just to pray with you and, and start that conversation, start that lifelong journey with you, with Jesus, you and Jesus and us. We can be in there too if you want. But if that's you this morning and you want to say, yep, Jesus, I want to follow you. I want to pick up my cross. No turning back. I want to, I want to go after you, Jesus. I want to be your disciple. I want to learn from you and I want you to come into my life and change me forever. I just want to ask you to pop your hand up in the air. Yeah, so good. Yeah, you can pop it down. So good. Is there anyone else? Say, yeah, I'm going to pick up my cross. I'm going to follow Jesus. You know, he says to count the cost. That's the next part of the verse. There is a cost. There is the cross that we have to pick up. And if you want to um, start that conversation, please come and see one of us as well. But right now we're going to pray for the person who uh, responded to Jesus. And um, as a family, if you feel comfortable, please just repeat these words after me so we can all pray together. We're going to pray right now. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I know that I've messed up and I need your forgiveness. And right now, I invite you into my life. Make me a new creation. I love you, Jesus. And I accept your love for me. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said a big amen. And let's put our hands together. And for anyone who might be watching on the live stream, it is the best decision you'll make. Right now, we're going to go back into a time of worship. And I know the service is running a little bit late, but please, let's try and not be thinking about what we need to get done. Let's remember right now, it's just about being in the presence of God, worshipping Him with all we got. Thank you, Jacob. Wow, what a good word. If today's message meant something to you, make sure you head on over to our website at life.house and click on the My Response tab so we could hear all about it. It's so good that you guys join us online, um, but you know what's even better? Seeing you in person. We'd love to see you here at Lifehouse, 10 a.m. every Sunday at 170 Adelaide Road, Murray Bridge. Um, we'd love to have a coffee, have a chat with you guys, get to know you, get to meet you, um, and we'll see you there.